when you think like Halo and I guess even when you look at games like Call of Duty, right? Like there's so many of them now. And, you know, they're, they're great games in their own right, don't get me wrong, but, like, it kind of gets to a point where it's like they need to do something vastly different now to evolve the franchise. Hey, it's Tom here from the Two Downs One Lab podcast, where we talk all things gaming, as well as some of the challenges of being a gamer while still trying to deal with the day-to-day responsibilities of adult life. In this episode, we were joined by another dad gamer, our good friend Matt, um, and we were discussing and debating the difference between open world games and linear experiences, which made for some really interesting discussions. So stick around and enjoy the episode. Hey guys, we are back for episode five of the Two Downs One Lad podcast, and today we are joined by our good friend Matt, um, who is also one of the dad crew. Um, and we're going to be talking about open world games in particular today and some interesting discussions around that. But to kick off, I'll let uh, Matt introduce himself a bit about his dad slash gaming life. Um, and we'll dive into what we've all been playing for the week. Uh, cheers, Tommy. Hello, guys. I'm Matt. Um, I'm 31 years old and I've been gaming since I was about five. Uh, back to the sort of Sega Mega Drive days um sonic the hedgehog 2 probably one of my first games um and ever since then i've been a sort of like a nintendo fanboy with the legend of zelda um they went on to the xbox with the halos and everything so yeah um got a pretty extensive history of playing games um i am a dad so um i rarely these days get a chance to just sit down and just um play hours so it's usually when i get a chance a couple of hours maybe um that's about it really um uh, this week i've been playing red dead redemption 2 uh i downloaded it downloaded it for free off game pass yeah <laughs> loving a bit of game pass loves yeah. the game pass. yeah game pass. yeah um i wanted to get it back when it released but i think odyssey came out at the same time and just odyssey spoke to me a little bit more um so i played that for like hours uh so it's nice to see it come out on game pass um so it's um, a big release for that isn't it a big release for game pass for a third party is, title yeah it's massive yeah, Andy, um, Phil Spencer's got his check in the post, mate. That's it. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> He's had one one shout out for the day. He gets paid one shout out. for a shout out. <laughs> yeah. Loving that. Yeah. So uh, other than that, I've been playing. I've actually pl- playing like Rayman. Um, mm-hmm. Downloaded Rayman. I was playing it with my um, girlfriend Maz. Is that Legends? Nice. Uh, yes. Yeah, Legends is good. I like that. Yeah, it's got like all of it in, isn't it? It's like just mm. t- tons of content on it. But yeah, playing a bit of that, and also been doing some Ori in the Blind Forest. Nice. Um, yeah, it's a good game. Um, I completed the first one. I've just gone on to the Will of Wisps, um, which is really good actually. I really like the uh, soundtrack on it. Um, it's really yeah, sort yeah. Of, really sort of chill, calming game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I mentioned that last week. We brought up, was it last episode yeah. or the one before? Yeah, the soundtracks yeah, and that? Yeah, yeah, because I was, I was yeah. shocked. 
yeah. I was shocked yeah. that you were even talking about yeah. it. Call <laughs> of Duty to Ori. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's a, a good soundtrack. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, good. Yeah. Awesome. Um, yeah. Nice. Cool. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. Thanks, Thanks for joining us today. That's yeah. all right. Good to have you. Good to be Cal, here. How about you? <clears throat> so this week, um, I've mainly been playing Spider-Man on PS4, but through uh, PlayStation Now's PC app that I spoke about last week. Uh, now I've got to grips with that. I'm quite happy with it. So I've played that most days. I'm about 60% of the way through. Um, kind of makes me want a PlayStation 4. I'm not going to lie because the game is so good. Um, and I wish there were more games on PS Now that would then mean that I wouldn't need to ever buy a PlayStation because I could just use my PC. But um, so that's really good. And then yesterday, or not yesterday, so Friday, uh, Command and Conquer Remastered came out. Um, so I dived into that. Oh, yeah. I've only played a couple of hours so far, but I'm really impressed mm-hmm. with what they've done with that. Um, like the um, the gameplay is really solid. I think the graphical upgrades are really decent as well. Um, How much is it? Seventeen ninety nine uh, on Steam, and I think you can get it as part of like um, uh, so EA do an Origin subscription service as well. So if you had that subscription service, yeah, I used to be subscribed to that. Yeah, um, but by itself at seventeen ninety nine, I think it probably is just you know a good one off purchase. Really, it's fairly solid. Uh, mm-hmm. I will be in the next week or so writing a little piece on that for the website that will probably be out uh, a week Monday. Um, for anyone that's interested in my thoughts on it, so that will be um, that will be me coming up next week, really. So, uh, Andy, how you doing, mate? You alright? Nice. Yeah, I'm glad to hear about uh, Command and Conquer. I obviously used to love playing that back in the day, so um, it's good to hear they've done a good job with that. Shame it's uh, PC only at the moment, but I understand why it was, you know, it was yeah. built built for that system, really, wasn't it back in the day? But that's uh, good. Uh, I'll be looking forward to see if they bring out because they haven't got like the Red Alert series yet, have they? Or Red Alert Three, those later ones. They haven't done those yet, have they? Uh, no. So this one just has Tiberium Dawn and Red Alert mm-hmm. One remasters. Right. So this is literally like where Commander Conquer started. Um, okay. And, uh, but it has the uh, DLCs for them. What's quite cool is I didn't realise at the time, but the PlayStation One versions of them had different missions to what the PC versions did, and they had some different cutscenes or slight different music. So what they've done is they've done a complete package where um this remastered version has all of that in there um so it has all the bonus missions has everything you've got campaigns for both armies on both uh games but all in one really i think they might bring it to uh they might bring it to console because obviously command and conquer's had a history on console isn't it with these games were originally released playstation one back in the day and then you've had yeah, yeah. even up to like red alert three uh and uh just general command and conquer tiberian wars or whatever it was i think that was on a Xbox 360 as well, so yeah, it might well come. Yeah, I'm sure it will someday. That's good. Um, I've interestingly been playing a bit of uh, Nintendo Switch, which is pretty rare for me uh, this week. Um, so I've been playing on a combination of the Switch Lite system and then the standard uh, Nintendo Switch. Um, I've now got both systems at home, which is very, very fortunate. Of course, yes. um, yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, it's good. It's good that I've got those, and it's allowed me to play some some different games, really. So I've been getting into a bit of Mario Kart, um, as I've said before, the old school Mario Kart on Nintendo sixty four, something I I really loved. So I've been getting into that and been able to play it on the TV for the first time uh, with the new, you know, with the, well with the standard Switch, you can put it on the TV. I didn't have that before, um, and also as part of the sort of dad element, I've been playing a lot of Paw Patrol. Wow. Believe it or not, hey. yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
So I've been jumping around with uh, Chase and Marshall and all the other characters and um, playing that with my son. My son's four and he's just getting into that. So he can do most of the levels on his own now, which is quite cool, holding the switch by himself, playing the levels by himself. And then occasionally he gets stuck and asks for a little bit of help. But yeah, it's been good fun playing with him. First time I've, you know, he's four now. It's the first time I've been able to do any gaming with, with my son. So awesome. Nice. It? Nice. Nice. How about you, Tommy? Absolutely nothing, mate, this week. I've, uh, <laughs> so no gaming. I've, I've, no, no, I've failed massively. Yeah. Um I've 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 made I've made several attempts, but um yeah, it just hasn't hasn't happened, unfortunately. Although I will be playing Jackbox Party tonight if any of you guys want to join in. But um yeah, no gaming. Nice. Nothing at all. Busy well, no, working at all. Working, it's not working nice hard. at all, mate. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Working hard, no doubt. So what is the what is the topic for today's episode, Tommy? Where are we at? So we are going to be diving into an interesting discussion, something that Matt wanted to talk about, and mm-hmm. it's the topic of open world games and their, their potential impact, I guess, on the game industry as a whole as these games get, get bigger and bigger and larger in scope and scale. Um, obviously they require more hours to put into it and, and it, you know, can end up being consuming, you know, and, and Matt quite rightly pointed out that sometimes people might just end up buying one game for the year now because it's going to take up their, their entire year. Um, so other games can become overlooked. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's definitely an interesting discussion, I guess, you know, we can all kind of chirping on it and go and go back and forth. I mean, my, my initial thoughts on it are, um, from my perspective, I this is probably just me being ADHD, but I find it very difficult to really get lost in a game. I'm not I'm not a completionist, so I'm not somebody who has to go after every single mission and side quest. If a game is immersive, I will play it like The Witcher. I played it all the way through, mainly for the sake of the story. Not so much, you know, if if there was something that immersed me in a side quest, I would do it. Um, but I tend not to get too caught up in like, oh, I need to do every single little thing. But then I recognize there are some people that absolutely are, right? They want to get max level. They want to get all the weapons. They want to get this. They want to get that. And they do get lost in them. Um, That's without I don't know. achievements. You know, some people yeah, have yeah, achievements. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Have a grind, isn't it? Yeah. Because, um, Matt, I know I remember back in the day when you were like, when you were playing Destiny, yeah, I knew you were going to say I've, I've, I've never, I've never <laughs> witnessed anybody playing. I remember every time I logged into my Xbox, you were playing <laughs> Destiny. Like literally yeah. any yeah. hour of the day, any hour of the morning. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, were playing Destiny. yeah. It did. Like, yeah. Tell, it, tell us about your relationship with the Destiny. The that marriage. was pretty intense. Yeah, it marriage, was, like proper yeah. marriage. It was intensive. I think it like went on for like a solid two years of just playing <laughs> Destiny, literally just logging into that. I mean, it what was, was quite... it, what was it that kept you kind of you know coming back and? Well, I kind of just like got into the world. I think I think I played it first round Callum's or something. Oh, um, that's a friend to blame on him. I like that. Yeah, he ruined two yeah. years of my life. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I was sort of like skeptical about it at first because I, I wasn't really into the whole uh, always online sort of scenario. I kind of liked my offline experiences. Um, but 
when I played it, I just, I don't know, I just like the way it controls. I always like Bungie games like Halo. Um, I just love the way they they control and uh, and how it how good it feels to just shoot shoot a weapon in those games. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I just discovered a whole new like sort of side to it because I had to literally make friends on the game to actually progress in certain activities. So there was these things called raids because uh, I don't know how well versed you guys are in Destiny, but there was these like six man raids. Um, which literally could only be completed if you teamed up with these these other other people just met through the game, um, and they were they were they were really hard and they they took hours like hours to complete, um, especially if you don't know what you're doing because you go into these things blind so you don't get mm-hmm. told what you need to do so mm-hmm. you kind of have to learn all the mechanics as you go. Um, I kind of kind of just like that sort of it's like a looting game so it's just doing loads of tasks and earning loads of loot um it was quite repetitive or it got slated for being really repetitive and at first when it launched it hardly had any content but mm-hmm. they kept releasing more and more stuff for it and it just come a, a really big game um and i met loads of friends for it to be honest yeah i mean to the point where we met up in london like as a group uh, and nice. went out in London for that group. So I, I actually met people through it. Nice. Uh, so it's kind of like really good sort of community game. Um, mm. So do you think do you think that played a big part in why you kept like if if there wasn't if it wasn't online, let's say, do you think you yeah. would have put as many hours into it? No, because there's there is never enough content. There was not enough like single player content in there. Um, mm. I think. Uh, did you play it, Callum? I think you played it. I did like... yeah, yeah. I, I went through the story of Destiny One, and I started yeah. Destiny Two, but um, I I never got anywhere near as involved, obviously, as you no. did. And I think no. mainly for me, it was uh, generally speaking, I'd prefer single player narrative games, or say a Call of Duty where I I don't need that. I can just hop on for five minutes and do whatever. But I was just finding um that yeah with destiny i jump in and a mission or whatever it is i was doing would take you know an easy hour or whatever yeah um and usually i'd like mess it up have to start again with a a group or whatever you obviously got to the stage where you had quite a dedicated group that you could play with i think that's really the difference whereas i was relying on i think at the time when i was playing it you hadn't started yet um i remember like andy dabbled in it but was never really too taken by it so i kind of i turned off because i just didn't really have that that kind of community to go with if i'd have persevered i'd probably ended up like yourself yeah um, but my attention span it didn't it didn't grab me enough to keep me in there that was no. different yeah no, no it's, it's interesting i don't feel like i've ever kind of um made any like friends friends from from online games um I, you hear about it a lot like it's quite common isn't it like a lot of people do start friendships like really good friendships from from playing games i don't feel like i've ever ever really um done that it's kind of been like a you know you might have like a bit of a laugh with somebody in a game and then you just never see them again yeah um i think that's because yeah, you're so like me though we we hop between games don't we we, we play yeah. a lot of games instead of dedicating ourselves to like a chosen few i think that's probably the difference isn't it we will stay in with it and i think 
I think for me, like, I think somebody has said to me before, like, oh, you, do you want to come back like tomorrow and have another session? And I think when that's happened in the past, I've kind of got like commitment phobia and I'm like, oh my yeah. God, this is turning into a fucking like yeah. some relationship thing. Like, oh, I don't I'm going like to be late and like, they're going to get angry <laughs> <with me. laughs> I'm just, And I'll just never come back. Like I won't come back for two weeks so they can't help me. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's quite interesting actually. I think, really I'm, I think I'm more on, on the lines of Saunders because I do play, I play sort of games, one or two games and stick with them. But I wouldn't mm. say I've made new friends, but it's certainly allowed me to stay in contact with friends I've got. You know, there's, there's yeah. I've, I've got quite a few WhatsApp groups for different games and stuff like that. And people at work or people that I grew up with, uh, you know, I still talk to them. I talk to them on Xbox more than I talk to them on the phone is probably what I'm trying to mm. say. And it allows me to yeah, stay in contact with them and play play games with them yeah it's nice matt how did these um i'm really intrigued by this like how did these like friendships start like what what happened like did you just like join randoms and then you just started talking and yeah basically um you sort of like joined these sort of smaller sort of act activities called strikes and there were only like three people in them and you didn't mm -hmm. have to you didn't have to talk to them uh, like strikes were quite an easy activity you just had to be all in the same game really. um, but lots of people would just like randomly invite you to their chat so you're playing with, along with them and they just invite you to the chat and um, um, I'd usually go along with it and then just somewhere along the line just one of them just stuck with me um, and then we just started doing the, them together and then someone else added and then it just went from there um and in the end we had like this clan of about 30 or 40 people um, that's really cool um the game itself without that sort of thing is actually when you strip all that back from it it's probably quite an average game like like i said like the shooting mechanics and the way the gameplay is is like it's like some of the best gameplay like out there but in terms of like mm. The story, the story's pretty pants, to be honest. It's there's not, there's not really much story to the game whatsoever, um, and there's there's not a lot of depth there um, with the loot system and stuff. Um, but it's mm. like it's it's basically the community aspect, the raids, because there was like I was up at to like two, three o'clock in the morning. I'd started at like ten o'clock and uh doing some raid we didn't know what the hell we were doing and we were dying over and over again and it was getting really frustrating i mean there's times <laughs> where you just want to like kill the other person that's just keeps on dying it used to be a lot a lot of the times used to be me to be fair but um <laughs> um and also I was dabbling at the time with a pretty rubbish internet connection and with an always online game that was pretty uh, mm. hard to, to tackle with. But I remember this one night playing the game and it's about I was about to do my first raid and doing a raid is quite a big thing. And uh, literally, we're on the last boss and no word of a lie, the last rocket launcher was about to go off and it was about to kill the last boss and my internet connection went down <laughs> it, it booted me out of the game and they won the raid but i just didn't get anything for it i spent like three or four three or four hours on this Brutal. thing and i just didn't get anything for it i was like oh my god yeah so i threw a little bit of a rage but 
yeah <laughs> it's interesting i've just remembered like one of the, the the most the most connected i i felt to a random person playing a game was in a vr game called rec room and um it was just like rec room was just kind of just all random stuff you can do right they had like pool tables and whiteboards basketball things you go into different rooms but they had this one where it was almost like a little um mini game in itself and you had these like laser guns and you had to fight off like waves of enemies and go through these kind of like corridors and things and <clears throat> I think the thing, the, the reason it felt so different is because like you, when you were having to like, you know, if you ran out of ammo, your your kind of team can like chuck you a weapon or throw you some ammo and things. And it was that kind of like tangible interaction, like you're actually giving them something, you're actually having to kind of run over and revive them and stuff. It felt It felt like really real and you just felt much more connected to the person as a result. Um, I don't know why that just, I think it just came up when I, because I was trying to wrap my brains about like, have I ever kind of had that experience? And I thought that was actually like quite a, I remember that being a really cool moment, just like, just felt so much more connected with that person because it just felt like a real thing as opposed to this, you know, on screen um, thing. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I had that when I, so I played uh, The Division a lot. As Matt knows, he was like Team Destiny, I'm Team Division. Um, <laughs> division for the win. Um, division uh, was better. Yeah. <laughs> but so what I found with it is, so I had one kind of experience where I met a group of uh, guys and I played with them for a few few occasions. But I met them whilst doing the first raid that launched on the division one because I was doing it with randoms. It wasn't working. I joined their group. I don't know whether they already knew each other. They weren't friends, friends. But uh, and then I got a friend request and I started playing with them. But the thing I noticed about playing the division was when I'm doing the missions, you're very much dependent on your team um, a lot more than, um, you know, say, you know, Call of Duty, this and the other way. Like, yeah, there's a certain dependency there. But when I'm engaged in like an hour or two hour long like raid um, and it's if we fuck it up, that's that's it. We all lose out like there's there's a, there's a bit of pressure to that, but it just pushes that teamwork forward. Yeah. Um, mm. So the communication's got to be there. You know, it's easy. Um that's not easy, but on Call of Duty, obviously, if, if you're playing Warzone or whatever, you're not communicating. You're probably not going to get very far, um, but plenty of people will do that, and that will just be how they play. Um, but there isn't a real, realistically, when you're doing those raids on Destiny Division or whatever it is, if you're if you're not going to participate, it's unlikely that you're going to get through unless you're being carried by it. So it kind of promotes you to maybe communicate, whereas as a person that you know, I'm I'm not necessarily going to be on there game chat chatting to everyone all the time that's not my thing but in a game like that where i kind of feel like well we're quite tight-knit at this moment like you know, we, we've been through an hour of hell together and then i'm more you know i'm obviously going to be a lot more engaged with it um so i can see that's where the camaraderie comes from that's probably how you've ended up with your clan and you all those people and that's where you know you get that experience that you wouldn't maybe get in other games mm. yeah yeah mm. So interesting that the... point. I guess there's more of a planning element as well, isn't there? In like things like the division, like yeah, because when you your... fail, you know, you're sitting there and you've got to, you've got to go through it. And when you start learning like the mechanics of, of that particular mission you're trying to do, you've got to yeah you've yeah got to talk through it, haven't you? And overcome it before each, whether it be a wave or a boss or whatever comes on. There's more yeah, there's yeah. More mechanics at play. Mm -hmm. I'm just hmm. thinking like what are some of the what are some of the pros and cons moving away from. Uh, 
Destiny just specifically, the, the yeah. pros and cons of these uh, larger games is in, you know, they're getting more expensive, they're, they're not allowing us to play a variety of games, but then are you getting a better quality game or a more enjoyable game? And how do people play? You know, I, I as I said earlier, I, I probably choose to play like that. I play PUBG for for a, a year or so. Now I'm on Call of Duty, just sort of playing that. I'm not too interested in playing other games, but interesting to see what other people think. It depends what you're in the mood for, really, doesn't it? Like, and and also just what kind of games you're interested in, because I think, you know, arguably, if you're playing a linear um, shooter, or even doesn't have to be a shooter necessarily, but any linear game, it's much easier to take control of that story and and guide you through that narrative because you can't kind of go off and do random side quests and things. Whereas in the open world games, whilst they a lot of them do still have fantastic stories, you you can kind of get lost in doing random things and you know like and like Matt was talking about, just go off and do raids with people and then you forget about the actual story behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess it depends, like, because for me, I, I like to mix it up. And sometimes I want a game that's a very kind of narrative guided experience, like a more linear game, whereas other times it's like, hey, I just want to dive in and get lost in this, you know, world. Mm-hmm. So I guess it, they're just completely different experiences, aren't they? What do you yeah. what do you think, Matt? Yeah, I, I'll go along with that to a degree, because it's like, I usually find if I'm playing an open world game, I don't necessarily play it for the story um, uh, because there's so much other stuff going on. I think it was um, Assassin's Creed Odyssey was the last sort of big game that I played. Uh, and I was really into that because I like sort of the, the setting, the Greek mythology and everything. Mm. Um, but if I look back in it, I knew there was a story and I kind of got the gist of it, but it wasn't, if you just had that, main story as a game mm. probably wasn't that great like mm. as a standalone story it was pretty uh, weird as well yeah pretty weird it's, it's, it's as a linear experience that would have been pretty like it's quite a rubbish game to have actually but it's all the other elements of the open world that made it good for me like on the ships and and uh, uh just how amazing it looked but I can't think back to that game and think oh, I loved it because of the story. I just think about it because I like the setting. Yeah, and it's the world. And it's more you love the world rather than the story. Yeah. Um, just to bring in just a, another game is I, I played Zelda Breath of the Wild. Um, mm-hmm. uh, beautiful game. Uh, played that to death. Um, the one on the Switch. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a new, it's a new the, one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was really good. I never got to complete that. I was really hooked on it though. Yeah, no, beautiful it's be- beautiful game. Um, and I played the the hell out of it. Like collected most of the stuff. I, re- I really need to go back and do do some more. But the only thing I'd say about it is I the the story was good, but I don't really remember the story as much as the other Zelda games. Like I'm a big fan of back in the day, Zelda, uh, Ocarina of Time and Majora's mm-hmm. Mask, which are a bit more linear on rails experiences. And I remember parts of the story um, like really well. Uh, but I think to Breath of the Wild and I'm like, 
I remember how good the world looks and spending hours like being in awe of just how amazing they've made this game. But I don't actually remember much elements of the story. Um, mm -hmm. So you kind of with these open world games, I think you're finding people are less interested in the stories uh, and more more about having a realistic world, real life world experience. Yeah, I know. That, I know that with the with the new Zelda, they've got like a lot of. I've not played it, but they said that they've got a lot of like side quests, a lot of side missions and stuff. Do you think that people um, lose track of the main story because one minute you're on the main story, then you're off doing several side quests that have got a different mm -hmm. info on them, and then you're back yeah. to the main story? Is that yeah. during that when you look back on it, maybe it all becomes a bit of a blur because you didn't just stick to the the story? Yeah. Or but a lot of these games kind of make it so if you do the side quest, you get more experience points. You'll probably get this extra piece of armor or something that makes you a bit better. So yeah. it actually makes the story element really easier for you to complete. Yeah. If, yeah. You, if you wanted to challenge yourself more, I mean, I know a lot of like speedrunners, they just literally go through that game, start to finish, hardly do any of the side quests. Side quest. yeah, yeah. And they're fighting ganon the end boss with like three hearts when they could have about 10 hearts sort of thing yeah, yeah. um so i guess it's what quite I, I guess it's again what you were saying tommy is about how you want to play the game or how you want to experience the game or, or what you're in the mood for um but my point about the open world sort of thing is that i'm finding that games were that were linear on rails experiences and now these open worlds and there's like i like all of them and i want to play all of them but i've literally got minimal time to play like even one of them at the moment so um they're good but is it having effect Do, are developers having a lot more competition um to, to try and sell their one game for mm -hmm. a year or two years experience um, rather than just a, you know, an eight hour campaign that Halo used to be um, or something like that. Be interesting to see where Halo goes. Cause I mean, I, I remember Halo being like you say, uh, an eight hour came campaign. And then throughout the year, if I was with a friend, I might jump onto co-op or multiplayer but it wasn't like my my game for the year i wouldn't be dedicated to it it's never how yeah. halo was yeah. it'll be interesting with the new halo the infinite coming yeah. out how that yeah, how that plays out and if they're going to try and take over that model that we're talking about today or whether they'll stick with the you know the, the previous model yeah i think it'll be i think it'll be nice because when you think like halo and i guess even when you look at games like call of duty right like there's so many of them now and, you know, they're, they're great games in their own right, don't get me wrong, but, like, it kind of gets to a point where it's like they need to do something vastly yeah. different now to evolve the franchise. And I feel like for Halo, I feel like that's absolutely needed. It needs, like, a totally, you know, open world. Maybe you have, like, a central hub in different locations. I, I just think that's the kind of shake-up it needs. It doesn't need a new story or some new characters or whatever. It needs mm. like an entirely new gameplay mechanic. So I think that makes sense as part of like an evolution almost for for some games. But yeah, I'm I'm really excited for that. I yeah, I think it'll be really cool. And I hope they do. 
personally like make it into an open world game. See, I'm, yeah. I'm the opposite on that. See, I don't really. Yeah, I d- I've always enjoyed the Halo's like narrative experience. Um, it's one of the few kind of Xbox games nowadays that that funnels you down that path, keeps you going from those explosive cutscenes, keeps the story pushing on. And when you think about it as a package as well, so you can go through it in single player. You've got loads of different difficulties, so you can you can get through a standard Halo, yeah, in eight, ten hours or whatever it is, if you want to. You can crank the difficulty up, make it longer. You can then do co-op with it. You've then got the multiplayer modes. Um, you get quite the a big skulls. Package. Yeah, exactly. You can have skulls, to, so you can really modify what the levels are, are going to be. So you can actually make the experience quite big, opposed to um, say going back to Hellblade, which we've spoken about before, which is literally just that single player story of kind of when it's done, it's done, and there's no more really. But Halo's still got loads to go. You know, you can, the multiplayer goes on, it goes on as much as you as you want it to, doesn't it? And and even now, I know that like occasionally with you guys, we jump on and we play a bit of Halo Five or whatever we're going Master Chief. Um, I'd be a bit concerned that if they adopt that bigger model there would just be too much and going back to what matt said i think and this is something that's relevant to the four of us because where we're getting old now and we've we've got responsibilities we've got kids we've got whatever and it's like well if i have halo which obviously i'm gonna get but then it's is it just halo that i'm having this year like at christmas you know like the the series x launches is that like is that it or or am i not going to be diving into other games so i don't have the time or Am I going to get other games that I'm not going to give Halo perhaps the time it deserves? If you go back mm. 10 years, fine, I could have done all these games. This wouldn't have been a problem. But obviously life changes, doesn't it? And um, I totally get what Matt's saying in terms of, you know, these games are really good and I like the evolution that they're doing. But if there's if every game kind of adopts that model, well, then you're, you're going to essentially have to just choose, you know, one, aren't you? Uh, or you're just going to waste your money because you're going to be buying all these different games and you're never going to get the full experience out of them. And I, so I want Halo to stay fairly similar. It does need a bit of a shake-up because I don't think it's been as good as, obviously, the earlier um, uh, original kind of Xbox generation uh, Halos were. But at the same time, I don't want them to to completely reinvent it. I don't want to go that Destiny or Division style. Certainly, that would be too far. Um, I want to keep the, the narrative going. The worlds can certainly be bigger, say, like, Halo Combat Evolved, um, you know, we could jump in the Warthog and the areas are quite expansive, whereas if you move it forward to Halo 5, you're just funneled down, aren't you? Yeah, um, yeah, I think that I would be a good move. Yeah, I'd like to see it, a return to that. I guess the thing to, to consider, though, like, for example, a game like, um, or games like the Division or... Um, destiny are both games that are des- they are designed to be everlasting you know expansions that they're, they're just constantly building onto them whereas when you look at a game like red dead for example still a huge open world game still a role-playing game but it, it, it does have a fixed story so like and i think those games I think that's probably more the path I would want something like Halo to take. So I agree if it if they tried to make it into this like you know forever game where you just level up your character and you get new expansions. I think that would that's almost like a completely different path altogether. Mm-hmm. I think making it open world is more just kind of an expansion of what they've got, and they can still take that story. It's something Matt mentioned a minute ago, which caught my attention when he was talking about Zelda 
in particular because and and you said about how ocarina of time you you kind of remembered it more and and i and i felt the same about that actually and i was trying to think like what is it about ocarina of time in particular because that was still an open world game right and especially like on the n64 yeah. it's mind-blowing yeah um but then i i feel like the reason i remember it more is because there was more distinct um progressions as opposed to breath of the wild like for example where you became an adult right you started off as child link and then you came into adulthood and in i remember each of the different um towns and villages you went to had the very distinct feel and their own soundtrack i think they did that still in breath of the wild but it seems like there was just more kind of i don't know what you call it really like um like kind of landmarks i guess or like like particular moments that kind of guided you through that story as opposed to just being this big expanse to explore with no real clear distinction um yeah it's quite an interesting quite an interesting point but it did did make a lot of difference for sure because um yeah like ocarina of time there's just so many like every single moment in that game i can still recall it so clearly yeah what about uh what about a a hybrid system between the two styles that we're talking of today because i'll just go through what um call of duty are doing for example they they released call of duty modern warfare where it had a campaign it had a multiplayer it had a co-op mode and then they later released warzone which was their sort of battle royale stroke games as a service thing and people have obviously taken to, to the the games as a service the warzone very well people are investing money in cosmetics and the character and getting to know the game so what they're now saying is that the warzone element that was part of modern warfare that will now extend into the future and that will become a rolling call of duty thing so so that will carry on for the next few years but you'll still get a new call of duty so next year there'll be a new call of duty with a campaign and a multiplayer but the war zone, the people, the thing that people are sort of invested in or addicted to, they've they've bought cosmetics for, that will carry on rolling. So it's sort of a hybrid between the two. You know, is that, mm. is that maybe the, the better way to go if they can? Okay. Yeah. It's, it seems to be a compromise. You know, I, I'm invested in war zone. It's nice to know that, you know, my stuff's not going anywhere. And those that want the new campaign, you know, the eight hour, 10 hour campaign every year, you still get that. If that's what you're interested in, that's, that's what you're buying the game for. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's an interesting on, point. I was going to say, on that, Andy, as our resident like, Call of Duty guy, because um, <laughs> I mean, I played the campaign and I really liked it. And obviously, I played multiplayer for a while and then I kind of mm-hmm. just went on to other things. Um, mm-hmm. and I think, like with me, it's a case of, like I said earlier, I just flip between games. I want to kind of consume a game, get to the end, boom, consume another one. Yeah, um, yeah. which is why these kind of games maybe don't appeal like as much to to me. But yeah, do, do you kind of feel like happy where Call of Duty is going uh, in terms of the content they're giving you, or would you almost, in a way, prefer them to have had it as a smaller experience? Do you feel like you're kind of being distracted from playing other games, for example, or are you really happy that, you know, you've got your game and that's where you're going with it? Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of happy that I've I've got my game. Like I had, you know, you sort of, 
you're happy until someone brings along something better, for example. So PUBG for me, player unknowns battlegrounds was a similar thing that I was playing last year or the previous years. Um, I was invested in that. I was happy playing it. Um, a few other battle royales come along. You, you dabble with them and think, no, this isn't as good as what I've got at the moment. Um, and then Call of Duty came along with their version. Again, you dabble with it, and and it and it's better. It runs smoother. It's bigger. It's obviously had a, a far bigger investment from, you know, Activision and 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 all of that. Um, and yeah, they keep you. They keep at the moment anyway. They keep you intrigued. They've they've got battle pass and they've got um, different items. They're quite strict on. You know, there's no sort of pay to win. Everything's cosmetic. Um, I mean, the game's free of charge, so all your friends can get in there. Even if you know, just last night I was talking to some of the boys that we grew up with, and and they were saying about Call of Duty, and I said, well, look, you know, have a look at Warzone. It's it's a completely free download. Um, so some of them have downloaded that last night to give it a go. Why not? And mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I, I'm happy like that. I prefer it like that. I don't really jump from game to game. I'd rather be invested in one. I know that all my uh, well, not all my mates, but um, you know, a lot of my mates play that. So pretty much at any time in the day or night, I can jump on with with a group of lads or in the WhatsApp and and get that social experience. Whereas if I start playing um, single player game or whatever, I, I can't have that um, social experience, which is what I, I prefer. I love the co op or the um, yeah, that kind of experience. Okay, I guess the, yeah. the thing I guess the thing here is is that everyone and it's you know pretty evident from this conversation as well. Like everyone is different, right? Like everyone mm-hmm. has a different way of playing and experiencing games. Like even when I think back to like how, even how I play games. Like when I was playing The Witcher, like you guys know I played the hell out of The Witcher. I I between playing The Witcher, I was playing like four or five other games as well. It's, mm. it's just how I operate. Like I still wanted to play The Witch all the way through, but it didn't stop me from playing other games. I, I could put it down and dip into another one. And But for Jane, for example, when I do that, it drives her insane. She's like, can we not just play The Witcher? Like I'm invested in it now. I yeah. want to see it yeah. through. What you were saying, Cal. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but for me, like I don't, I don't have that. So I guess everyone is just, you know, they have their own way of, of, of how they do it. Yeah. Um, Maybe it's a so, time thing as well. Like I, yeah, I don't, I don't get to play every day. Uh, sometimes I play in the evenings, and I might get anywhere between maybe an hour, two hours, something like that, in an evening. And if I sit down and I know that I've only got an hour or two hours, I want to play the game that I like the most. I want to play the game that I'm enjoying. So that that evening is always going to be picking up the same game. Whereas, you know, if I had more time on my hands, I might say, Do you know what, I played played Call of Duty yesterday. I'll, I'll play you know something else today but poor you know, maybe it's dependent on, yeah poor patrol exactly <laughs> yeah. um, you know living the dream but um yeah and it's but it's been good we joke about poor patrol but um it's been amazing to uh to play something with with my son spencer and do yeah, stuff with, with with him yeah. you know and it's it just shows you can get enjoyment even though the game is nowhere near the standard of something like call of duty or something like that just to be able to play with him and hand it you know it's a handheld thing so we pass it back and to and from each other and he wants to do certain bits and when he gets stuck he passes it to me and is it know, multiplayer uh, no it's not multiplayer um okay. i think that'd be a bit too much for him but then he like we, we got into um he played paw patrol we got the hangout for a couple of days and that and then i put him on mario kart and it's amazing so you're gonna say call of duty Mario Kart's got all these uh, like assists that you can put on. They're, they're kind of built straight into the game because it's Nintendo. 
So it can do accelerating for you, it can do steering for you, and then you can add on uh, like tilt controls, motion controls. Mm-hmm. Um, so he has all, all three of those enabled, and he can literally he can play Mario Kart. Like he can play Mario Kart Eight on a Nintendo Switch. He can play it, um, which is great. Yeah, of course he he's not the best, but he, with all those um, assisted features turned on, he can he can play it. We played it two player together yesterday and stuff like that, which is which is awesome because I saw it as, a, as an adult game, really, that he wouldn't be able to yeah. to play. But because yeah. Nintendo are quite good with child features and stuff like that, um, yeah. Yeah. you know, something else I noticed last night, just for parents out there, they've got a, a Nintendo have got an app now. So you on your phone, you can have an app and you choose your child's account and you can block it for like so many hours a day and things like that. Um, obviously, you can stop purchases, but you can just say right on Spencer's account, you can only have one hour a day. And on the weekends, you can have two hours, for for example. So as a parent, that's a great um, feature, you know. Mm-hmm. That's going to be pretty cool when you can start playing games together. Yeah, yeah, not you far off. Be playing like Call of Duty together, mate, in like ten years' time. Oh, mm. mate, I've I've seen uh, I've seen uh, for those that watch YouTube. There's a there's a four or five year old on YouTube that's playing and uh, or playing Call of Duty, and he's playing with the the top streamers like uh, Phase and and stuff like that and. Um, yeah, unbelievable. Five, have you, have you ever seen um? You ever seen Jack Black's channel? Uh, no, no I I've know it on there, but I've never clicked YouTube it. channel. But no, I've not. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I, I never realised like he's become like a big game streamer. He's got like three million subscribers on his YouTube channel, but he plays with his sons, yeah. and it's really, yeah, really yeah. funny because he's one. Of, and he had this episode. I think one of his sons is like four years old or five or something, and the other one's a bit maybe he's like thirteen or something. I don't know. But they were all playing Doom together. Like the goriest game in the world, yeah. and it was so funny. Like his sons are just like, "Yeah, rip his head off, Dad." <laughs> <laughs> they were like play through it, and it's in like his thirteen-year-old. He's like really good at it, and he's just like rinsing his um his dad on it. It's really funny. Yeah. It's a good watch. Mm-hmm. It's good. It's good. Mm-hmm. Um, um, cool. I was gonna say, Matt. Then so going back to Odyssey quickly. Yeah. Uh, let's quickly ask you about Assassin's Creed Valhalla. And I know the others aren't as bothered, but I am. You excited for that? I'm bothered. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, good. oh, sorry. Sorry, mate. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I, I like the, um, the Viking setting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like, like, I wasn't a big fan of Assassin's Creed. Um, I liked, like, the first one and the second one, and then it just went off from there. I didn't really... I got bored of just the, the clamoring over buildings. It just looked all samey to me. So when they brought out, um, I think it was Origins, mm-hmm. that was like the start of them sort of making a a, a better attempt at it. Like a full but, RPG system, wasn't there? And a loop yeah, system and all those yeah. kind of things. They, they get their hooks into you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't play Origins. So I started on Odyssey because I, I preferred the setting. Um, mm-hmm. I did go back and try and play uh origins but um i felt the mechanics had moved on and the loot system had moved on already yeah. in odyssey um and i couldn't play it um but yeah no i'm looking forward to valhalla actually because i really like the the, the setting um, yeah and then to bring it back to the open world topic that we've got i don't know about what your feelings are but 
So mine is, I, I put say 100 hours into Odyssey and we were playing it at the same time. I think we both had two weeks off yeah. work and we were both absolutely going crazy for it a couple of years yeah. ago. Yeah. And we were both loving it. And that's, we lived and breathed it for at least a few weeks, if not a month or so. Um, yeah. My concern is, you know, it coming out at the same time as the next gen consoles is um, essentially what I was saying about Halo really earlier. It's that will be, do you know what I mean? Like, I know I'm going to play it and I'm going to put loads of time into it. But yeah. I'm, Odyssey was such a big game. Yeah. Uh, I'm a bit apprehensive of the fact that I'm going to have to put so much time into this. Whereas nowadays, I tend to avoid that. I tend to go for like smaller games for the, yeah. all the reasons we've already spoke about, just time and, and the rest of it. I'd rather experience, say, 10 games every year opposed to like one, like really yeah. normal one or something. Um, I don't know. So how do you feel about that? Are you, kind of, are you looking forward to getting stuck into a really big open world or are you slightly daunted by it and knowing that you're going to have all these icons and you've got to go through all that again? Yeah, see, I'm looking forward to it, but I'm kind of like dreading it at the same time i mean on my xbox right now i've got the witcher 3 red dead redemption 2 um what the other ones i've just got like three or four big open world games like downloaded on my 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 system and i literally i can't get into one of them like i, I play yeah. it put it on for a couple of hours and I, I definitely do not play as much much xbox as i used to um and it's kind of like in between a time thing and also a choice thing um so i just do a few other things other than gaming mm-hmm. um and those few hours that i've got um i want to be able to do something in it like i know like if you get an open world game there's you usually have to play like three or four hours at a time to actually get some sort of a like progress, uh, isn't it? Yeah. Progress out of it. Um, so that is a little bit of my fear, but I'm still going to buy the game nonetheless. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, that's really how I feel. Yeah. Um, and it might be one of those games where I'm just so into it that I just neglect all my other things in my life for a couple of weeks and just yeah. just just play that. But um, It'll I be a good one... game to play on the next gen systems. Like, yeah, it'll yeah be your first time to play those yeah. kind of games on on next gen, and yeah. it's gonna be third party as well. So it, like, it'd be interesting to see how it, how it plays out. Yeah, yeah, look good. Yeah. I find with those kind of games, you need to kind of break the back of them. So what I tend to do is, I try and get through the opening ten hours. So I do this in Red Dead too. Try and get through the opening ten hours as quickly as I can because mm. that because those games are so big, it, it takes so long for them to uh, like fully open up, right? For you to do like the tutorial, whatever yeah. that may be. So I yeah. I generally set myself the first 10 hours is the point where i understand the game mechanics i know what i'm doing the map's open so i try and plow through as quick as i can to get through like 10 hours and then once i've got there i slow down yeah um, but if i don't do that with the first 10 hours i can be put off by these games because i look at the map and i see like, odyssey was one of them if i hadn't have had any time off work i probably wouldn't have got as engrossed in it because right. the map is probably the biggest map i've, I've seen in a game um, yeah potentially bigger than gta 5 i think but it's certainly got a lot more icons and collectibles and stuff like that whereas grand theft auto you can get lost in the world whereas mm. assassin's creed you actively need to like seek these things out and i remember just going around like each area was divided up wasn't it into like a difficulty zone and i remember yeah. just going i'd have to go oh i have to do all these side quests and i need to get all these things and oh now i've crossed that bit off and i've got yeah. to go to the next yeah. bit and i work my way around the map like that and that's when you first start that it's quite a daunting experience mm. but I'm, I'm really looking forward to it in valhalla because uh, and honestly, if it, if I hadn't, if Odyssey hadn't been as good as it was for me, I probably wouldn't be anywhere near as excited about Valhalla. But I'm just hoping no. that they, if they yeah. copy that format, yeah. um, it is one that will just 
consume my life like you said we just have to kind of like roll with it but it's not one that i would pass up because i'm daunted by it whereas other games would easily kind of turn me off so yeah i'm with you on that one mate yeah no i mean but that's the same thing with me like if i don't get into a game uh, and I, I am guilty of it if i don't get into the game like in the first like few hours of it i can be really put off by the rest of it it's like uh you're gonna criticize me for this but with richer free like i struggle to get into it because i feel you need so much time to invest in it to actually get really into the the witcher free world i know there's a massive amazing game in there um but i i i just i don't know i, I just can't literally sit there like with odyssey i i put it on and i just started playing it and i, I just couldn't stop playing it um I guess that just down to preference and taste, I guess. But um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I found The Witcher hard to get into as well because Tommy's been, you know, he always forces me to play it, and it's an amazing game. It really is. And like, I've, I've probably, I've at least started it twice and got like the first time was like thirty hours in, the second time was close to like forty-five hours in. But even then, like, I don't know. I think when my life gets busy and I. I tend to, if I get distracted by a game, I find it really hard to come back to it, which is why I say that like my way of doing it is that this is the game I'm playing. I mission through it. Like at the moment, I'm doing that with Spider-Man. I'm kind of, I haven't, obviously told me last week we spoke about Detroit Become Human. I've not started that yet. because so I know the moment I start that, I will stop playing Spider-Man and I want to finish that and then like move on. Kind of, I don't know, it's probably slightly OCD of me, but otherwise I find I just would start all these things and then not get the experience out of them. Yeah, um, but again, I think that's just part of it's part of getting old and not having as much time, isn't it? Like we've all, we've all, from what I've heard today, we've all kind of got our own ways of how we use the little bit of time that we've got. And so, like Andy, you're like, this is my game, this is what I want to play. If I go and try and play other things, I'm just kind of wasting my time. Really, I may as well just stick with this. Yeah. My time is precious. If I had more, I'd do more. And then obviously, I've got my way. And then like Matt and Tommy, you know, you we've all got our ways of dealing with it. And, it's quite interesting to see kind of as you develop isn't it and or as you get older and then you, you still got to try and keep current with gaming but you have to be choosier with what you're doing don't you? Mm. Well, yeah for uh, sure yeah. yeah there's some there's some games as well where i feel like um I, there are there are certain games where i can be satisfied just by watching a youtube video of it right whereas there are other games where it's like no this is a world i really want to dive into and i i feel more pulled towards open worlds because they are ones that you can explore and it's like and he, and sometimes like i remember this with halo and this is why i'm kind of hoping it does go open world because you know you're playing through these amazing worlds and this amazing story and sometimes you just think like oh, i wish i could just explore this world more mm -hmm. and like find more you know find out more and learn more and see more of it instead of having to wait till a new game comes out all the time um so that's why i'm really looking forward to it just being able to like really explore these like incredible worlds that they build yeah yeah definitely i i i feel sometimes with the open world games that they they create this big world as well. Um, and then they try and fill it with stuff to do. Um, like they're, they're, I'm finding that was some, some of Odyssey I actually found that with kind of, um, there was areas where it's completely not a lot going on with it. And it's, 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 
like you've gone to all this effort create this world and not all elements of it you're going to see or explore so why bother making that part of the game um i guess that's like a a, a developer's issue i suppose um and it, it brings me back to a point of of with these open world games um and developers um do you think it's hurting developers that they've got to put all of these man hours and and basically become a a bigger studio in in fact to create these massive games um that are going to be constantly evolving um do do, do you think that limits uh what what developers can do in terms of what they're trying to to put out there or they're, they're forced to do like an open world experience yeah yeah, I think, I, think I, would... it's, I think it's about being aware of the objective, though, when, when you first make the game, like for any developer, like what are we trying to ultimately deliver to the to the players? Like, do we want to give them loads of random things to do, in which case, yeah, build in loads of side quests and mini games and stuff? Or do we just want to make a really immersive world? Because atmosphere is a big thing, right? And sometimes it's not even necessarily about having lots of side quests and things to do, but it might be about populating those cities and making them feel alive. Something, speaking of Assassin's Creed games, something that I think Syndicate actually, was that one in London? Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. That I, I thought Syndicate did that really well, like being mm. able to explore that that old London. And when you walk through the alleyways and you've got kids like kicking a football about, for example, and you've got this kind of um, mist almost of like pollution over the city, it felt like it wasn't a huge world by any means, like by today's standards, but it felt huge because of how alive it was and and how you could walk down the streets and there was always something different happening and again red dead is a great example of this like the game feels bigger than it is because everywhere you go there is some random crazy interaction right like you can go you can walk onto the beach and there'll be some guy fishing and he'll be telling you this story of how he lost his horse or whatever and it's like holy shit like this feels huge but it's, it's, it's actually, maybe it's not huge. It's just very, very detailed. So I think it's just like about being intentional, isn't it? Like from a developer standpoint, like what do we actually want to give to the audience? Do we want to give them loads of content or do we want to make a really amazing feeling world tied into the narrative? Mm. Yeah. 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 And those games obviously take longer to make as well. You know, you look at the development cycle for Grand Theft Auto and, and Red Dead. Yeah, Day. like Rockstar's crazy yeah. hours, isn't it? Yeah, and they, you know, and they, they have really... like a lawsuit filed against them or something. Um, well, they got in trouble, didn't they? Because they had the crunch where they have to, they work, they put all the extra hours in on the on the like final year or six months or whatever, where yeah. they're trying to trying to work through it. Um, which you know, it's a shame to see that kind of people put under those working conditions because they're trying to create these expansive worlds. They're probably just, you know, I'm quite happy with them to take another year and just give it to me when it's ready, opposed to try to keep to that date. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the world we live in, I suppose. But at the same time, it's you know, a lot of these developers feel like they need to make these massive games, don't they? Whereas, could you almost... I mean, Assassin's Creed, not so much, because they do churn them out every year. Um, but something like Red Dead and Grand Theft Auto, I know, I think in Grand Theft Auto 6, there's rumours that it's going to be smaller. I don't know if you've heard about 
you guys have heard about that. They were going to do a smaller one and then they're going to release kind of additional content. I don't know what will be areas that will then build it up. Personally, I really like that idea um, because instead of, you know, for me, I played Grand Theft Auto V for um, the single player kind of experience. I dabbled in multiplayer as we've spoken about before, but that wasn't really my thing. Whereas I would kind of like to keep coming back to it as they release these new bits and they can kind of keep evolving it. I supposed to wait 10 years um, for a development cycle to finish to have that new game. Um, I don't know. I don't know how you guys would feel about that, but I just kind of feel a little bit more frequent, but not as much pressure on them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's. I think feel like for me, it's more just about is is this game kind of delivering on what it what they wanted to deliver? Is it is it again? It's like having that that choice, knowing what you're you're ultimately getting. Am I? Because then again, like if if you're in the mood for a story game, it's like right. I know this is an immersive story game that I can play. If you want something that's just really big and expansive, it's like right. I know this has got loads of expansions and DLCs, so I can play this. Um, I think where games go wrong is where they try to be lots of different things, and then it kind of, yeah. you know, they, they then it has like this identity crisis, which I, I guess is slightly different from like what Andy was saying earlier with Call of Duty, because it's that that's a very intentional decision and they've almost separated the games, right? It's not like they've just mm-hmm. tried to mould everything into one. It's like, no, these are clear, distinct and they've done they've done that they've done that after the game's been released. So that wasn't the plan. Yeah. They've seen that they've seen that people have become invested in it, people want to continue playing it, and they've extended it rather than um rather than setting out at the beginning before people even know what, what they want. Yeah, yeah. They've, they've adapted adapted to the player feedback sort of thing. Yeah. Right, guys, we are coming up to an hour on time. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything that you wanted to finish on, Andy? Do you have any Andy's news today? <laughs> uh, there's, there's not much going on because, obviously, without going too much into it due to the issues going on in the world at the moment, a lot of developers mm-hmm. have put things on hold. Oh, there's yeah, not many right, updates yeah. coming out and stuff like that. Um, yeah, true to time with today uh, a lot of the or most of the assassin creeds are all on sale on microsoft store for uh, the summer sale type thing so they're all heavily discounted on there um no man's sky which is obviously an open world type game that we've been talking about today uh, is still coming to game pass for xbox and pc but there's no I just bought it yeah, oh, mate. Well, it's coming. It's coming, it's coming. It's coming in June, but I think due to the issues in the world, they haven't put a date on it. And interestingly enough, today would have been Xbox's E three today, um, but obviously it wasn't to be. When when is their um thing? Again? July is their big one. July, okay. Yeah. So we will obviously be covering um, anything that comes out of that show. They are doing a show monthly, so with the next show in June, we'll be covering that. And then the big one in July, I'm sure we'll do a special episode or something like that for that. Live stream. Live stream. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I've got to go as well. Matt, thank you for joining us today and thank you for your input. And um, obviously, you play some different games that we don't play, so it's good to have you on. Yeah, thanks. Um, Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's been good speaking yep. to you, mate. Can I just crowbar in that I'm working on a new blog? It's going to be Gears Tactics this week. It'll be on www.tdolgaming.com. It'll be my thoughts and impressions on Gears Tactics, and that should be up in the next day or so for people to go and look. Get on that website. Them. I was speaking yeah. to people last night. They didn't know about the website. They haven't been on there. Get on the website. It'll give you a link to YouTube. It'll give you a link to the audio podcast, and it'll give you um, some 
blogs, uh, if that's what it's called, but the mm-hmm. stuff that Callum's writing up. Uh, if you're looking for a written version of some of the games that we've been playing and talking about. Yeah. And guys, as always, if you if you're enjoying the episodes, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Um, any kind of support and, and feedback is much appreciated. So um, thanks again, guys, for listening. And we'll speak to you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.